previously on Tales of the Voidfarer. This is your first successful salvage operation. I figured you should reap your rewards a little bit early. Ravnus puts hers in her pack. Marco is a former grad student. This is more gold than he's ever seen in his life. <laughs> <laughs> a well-armored hobgoblin. Bring me the head of Captain Valeria Rain, and none of this violence needs to continue. Marco, you see Melinda pull out a dagger. Melinda, you bitch. We could have a little meeting. Nothing drastic. We're not talking about mutiny. I'll be there. The ship has taken some grievous damage. Many of the arcane conduits are severed, and I don't have spare cinder shard laying around. I'm going to leave two chunks of phlogisterite. The score we just got has been lost. We won't be able to repair the ship, pay the crew, and resupply. For what it's worth, I'm sorry what happened. I may not forgive myself. Well, you didn't mean to get Yuri killed. As far as I'm concerned, we're at net zero right now. Had I been in the situation again, I would still make the same decision. Now why you gotta say something stupid and screw it all up? Marco and Ravnus, you guys leave Val's quarters out onto the quarterdeck. I'm assuming you guys are generally looking to go back to the crew quarters or... Uh, yeah, more or less. Yeah. All right, so you guys go out, Ravnus, uh, you head towards the stairs, and Marco, you're in her wake. But Marco, something catches your eye before you can descend down, and you see that it's Salon, sort of just standing on the deck, staring out into the void. I look back to Ravnus, and I'm actually, I might want to chat up Salon a little bit. Do you want to join me, or? Fine. All right. I'll start walking over towards Salon. Marco, as you approach, they're just kind of staring out into space, and they don't seem to notice you approach. Hi, Salon. Um, what, what are you doing? Oh, um, Marco, I'm so sorry. My mind was elsewhere, um, they say. And when they look at you, you notice that they look ill um salon i mean i know i'm i know i'm new here but uh would you like me to to take a shift for you at the the helm you you don't look well oh no it 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 is fine are you sure you don't need some sleep or something i mean you're not you're not looking great buddy no offense as an elf um sleep is not necessarily something i need but i will be fine um it's just since the attack yesterday um I seem to have found myself under the weather. This happens from time to time. I assure you, everything is fine. Um, do you want me to go get you the dock or, or um, no, it Aurelia? Is, it is quite all right. I okay. I assure you, it is fine. Okay, I mean, it's good, it's good talking to you, Salon. Yes, it is always a pleasure to speak with you as well, Marco. They're going to turn and walk towards the helm room, and you can see they kind of wince slightly and holds their left side. I look at Ravnus, and I'm like, does that seem... Weird to you? Uh, can Ravnus from afar do, like, a medicine check? You can. Okay. Let's see if I'm good at this at all. Nope. That's a four. (laughs) Yeah, you don't know. They're sick. Ravnus just sort of shrugs at Marco. (laughs) Marco, you can make an Arcana check. Yeah, you got it. Right. Dirty 20. Oh, okay. Yeah. As Salon walks away, you're pondering for a moment, and you almost are slightly reminded of maybe something you've read in passing in Sailing the Sea of Stars. Mm-hmm. Something called Spelljammer Disassociation, where when someone sits upon a helm for so long, they almost become the ship, like mentally, like they they can't tell the difference between one or the other. And this can even manifest, and when the ship gets damaged, they can manifest physical ailments 
that coincide. So taking that knowledge into effect, um, I think at this point, like, Marco turns to um, Ravnus and says, you know, I think I might go and uh, and find Aurelia and see if uh, she can go look after Salon a little bit. I'm a little worried about him. All right. I mean, you're welcome to come with me if you want or uh, so whatever you're feeling. No, I'm going to turn in for the night. Um, well, okay then. Um, I guess good, good, good chatting with you, I suppose. Good night, Marco. Good, good night, Ravnus. And Ravnus goes off to bed with Coot. No, she goes to bed. <laughs> <laughs> this, it's Marco's turn with Coot tonight. <laughs> Man, Coot's just getting around. Listen, if you didn't want him to, you shouldn't have made him so handsome. I guess that's my fault. <laughs> so Marco's going to kind of stand around a little bit, just feeling extremely awkward. He watches Ravnus walk away, and it's just like, I I don't know how to talk to her. No one does. But he's going to start heading off towards Arella's uh, cabin. Sure. You get there. It's not far from where you guys were at. You head towards the aft of the ship, off of the main deck, towards the Masson. It's the second door on your right, and uh, the door is now closed. I, uh, I knock. Arella, come in. Um, and Marco opens the door, walks in. You open the door and you see that Arella is in there. She's no longer in her vestment. She's in kind of like a nightgown, but she still has the holy symbol around her neck. And she says, oh, Marco, is there something I can help you with? Oh, yes. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you during any personal time or anything. Just, uh... It is quite all right. I am here to serve the crew. Um, is uh, there anything that I, anything I can help you with? Uh, yeah, well, I, I was talking with Salon just a moment ago on the deck, and he looks to be in pretty nasty shape, and I think he might be suffering from Spelljam or Disassociation. Um, Arella is listening to you and nodding, and when you say that, she, she nods and she goes, Yes, I've been suspecting as much. Johannes voiced concerns to me, Johannes being a good friend of Salon's and working closely with charting and navigating uh, of the Voidfair. I work closely with Johannes uh, as she gestures to all of her star charts around the room. But she says, yes, um, Johannes expressed some concern. Salon is very stubborn. It's at its worst when the ship has taken damage. I'm sure when the ship is repaired, Salon will improve. Um, so what happens to them if the ship is damaged very severely? I mean, was, is Salon going to die? No, I'm not an expert in such things, but um, it's the, from what I understand, the condition of Spelljammer Disassociation is primarily a mental one. Um, their skills piloting the ship um, will not deteriorate. If anything, they will improve, but it is at the cost of potentially losing oneself to the helm. Salon is an indispensable asset to the crew. I will take your concerns to Val, um, as they are already concerns of my own anyway. But um, your concern is appreciated. Of course, you know, I am just was looking out for them, you know. Either way, um, I won't disturb you anymore tonight. Uh, thank you for your time. Of course, if there's anything you need, my door is always open. Uh, thank you. Uh, have a good night. Or a good whatever we call it. <laughs> And shuts the door. <laughs> <laughs> she chuckles to herself. Um, and at that, uh, Marco is probably going to go to like the mess hall or somewhere, somewhere where he can like get some studying done. Yeah. Um, the mess hall is only a door away. There's no one in here at the moment. Good. You know, he has some alone time, so he's going to just sit down sure. and start like studying some stuff. Yep. Ravnus, as you're going down below decks, you get down to the gun deck and you're crossing it towards the crew quarters, and you actually see Robin heading the other direction. Ah, Ravnus, just the person I was looking for, actually. Yes? So, um, rather awkward situation. I heard from Elwyn that there might be a meeting happening below deck, and... He didn't have very many details, but the long and short of it seems to be some sort of discourse against Val. Um, I have already spoken to a few others, and we intend to make an appearance just to make sure things don't get out of hand, and I was wondering if you would like to join. And uh, you can invite your friends as well, the penguin and the nerd. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> my race is nerd. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you're inviting me to mutiny? No, we're going to make sure that's not what it is. So you want me to go to a mutiny meeting that if it's found out about, I will have been there. Elwyn doesn't seem to think that's what it is, and I would like to go to ensure that it's not. And I would like backup, because if that's what it is, we're going to put a stop to it. Ravnus did not see Melinda pull the dagger, right? No, Mar Marco was the only one to notice, and he hasn't told anybody. Um, she pauses for a moment. I'll think about it. All right, well, it's happening fairly soon, so think about it. I'll come check back with you later, then. All right. Where is this happening? Uh, I heard it was happening down on the Orlop deck. I'll see what Marco and Luckbeak think. Okay. So, Luckbeak, um, were you just going to the crew quarters? Yeah, I have no other plans. Got it. So that's where you're at. Ravnus, if you were heading there as well, you find Luckbeak there. But she was going to backtrack a little bit for Marco, I think, because she okay. like, sort of knows where he is. Got it. Uh, yeah, you head back up. You know where Orella's quarters are, and you head that way, and you actually see yeah. that the doors to the mess are open. You can see Marco sitting in there with his books open. She goes and sits down. I need to talk to you. Ravnus, um, I wasn't expecting you to come. Well, um, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, what's, what's up? Not here. And oh. uh, she takes him, where is somewhere like relatively private on the ship? <laughs> Uh, I mean, a number of places, if you keep your voices low enough, there's certain places on the top deck, especially at night, where there's not as many people out. Down in the cargo decks, potentially, there's the magazine where they keep the munitions. There's the head, <laughs> which is the toilets. <laughs> uh, it, it wouldn't be hard if you were specifically looking for like a quiet corner. You could find one below decks pretty easy. Yeah, she's just looking for a quiet corner and like below deck and just like pulls him aside there i'll say you guys are in the magazine it's on the gun deck to the floor of the ship where they store the cannonballs and black powder and the like um she says uh there's a meeting that's going to be going on tonight what and uh i have a feeling Luckbeak will want to go to it what but what? i don't know about myself and i don't know about you uh hold on ravenous we're going to Back up for a second, because I'm wondering why we're in the magazine whispering about meetings and that look beaks really intro. Okay, so there's a meeting. Yes, uh, there's a meeting about Val. Oh. And I don't know if you've read in your books that meetings about the captain often go very, very wrong. Yeah. Especially secret meetings. Um, all right, all right, um, 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 well, and Luckbeak is interested. I'm, I haven't talked to Luckbeak, I'm just assuming, but it seems that some people are going to prevent something wrong from happening, but I don't know if we should be there, or if it would be in our best interest to just stay outside of it, because if things start going wrong one way or the other... It'll be important who we decide to align with. Do do you know who's organizing this? I don't... Did, did they say? I don't, I don't think... No, Robin said she heard from Elwyn, but you got the distinct impression that Elwyn had heard from somebody else, so you don't know who's organizing it. Um, well, I'm... Uh, Liz, I... I'm sorry. Um, I'm not used to having to deal with potential, uh uprisings so this is new to me um so i might um melinda had a knife what do you mean melinda had a knife and she was going to stab val whenever the hobgoblin and the other whatever the fucking other thing was um got onto the ship and said who kills val everyone gets to go melinda was going to do it i saw her about to do it and then the fighting ensued and she put her knife away so i mean i'm kind of aware that there was a thought on this before. And you see where I'm going here? I'm a little, you know, I'm more than a little concerned right now. And I don't know how to respond. Yeah. Um, point of order, Nicholas. 
how tough do the gunners look versus uh melinda uh, Melinda's a rigger. She's a halfling. You've seen her fight. From what you've seen, she's more of the sneaky, stabby type. Okay. I think that we could take Melinda if it comes down to it. I don't know if it would look good or bad if we don't show up. I think Luckbeak's going to be there, and he's going to get his ass kicked one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, either way, like I, I am, I'm more on Val's side than anybody else's. So. If we're here choosing sides, I guess it would be that one, but... Alright. So, yeah, um, I'm, I don't think Luckbeak would necessarily share my sentiments on that, though. No, he wouldn't. Well, we can go find him and talk to him. Um, we don't have much time left. Okay, um, okay, okay, okay. If, if we're gonna get our ducks in a row here, then let's, let's get them in a row, you know? Alright. So they go to find Luckbeak? Luckbeak, it is getting pretty close to about the time you're supposed to head below deck. Well, sure. So then I'll head that way. And you run into Marco and Luckbeak entering the... Or Marco Holy shit, and I cloned myself. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Doppelganger. Uh, you run into Marco and Ravnus entering the crew quarters on your way out. Okay. Um. Oh, hey. Hey, guys. I was, uh, I was just going to go out and get some air. What are you two up to? Um... We might need to talk for a quick second. All right, we'll do your talking. Uh, In private. Well, that kind of talk, huh? Uh, all right, well, um, I guess come back in my room. Luckbeak's quote-unquote room is a hammock with a bit of a tarp hung up as a partial wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there, like, anyone around? Well, you can or... ignore, uh, the, uh, ignore the no girls allowed sign on the front of the tarp, <laughs> Ravnus. You're allowed in. <laughs> <laughs> There are a couple, but they seem to be not paying a whole lot of minds. I mean, if if I don't have an actual room room and there's a safer place for us to talk, then I would lead them there instead. Yeah, at the very least, uh, like stepping out the crew quarters into the general cargo area is probably a little less mm-hmm. conspicuous so long as you're keeping an eye for anybody. Um, uh, boy, there's some uh, got to be a place that nobody's bound to be right now. Would anybody be in Yuri's shop? Uh, Yuri shop doesn't exist, strictly speaking, anymore. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but the deck that you're on, mm-hmm. that the crew quarters is on, is that deck. Sure, okay. So okay. the aft end of the ship where the crew quarters was, was mostly untouched. So you walk out of the crew quarters and you can see the starry void of space because there are still big gaping holes in the side of the ship. Mm-hmm. But you actually know that towards the front of the ship, towards where Yuri shop was, uh, is also the brig, which is damaged as well. But there is nobody on this level. So you could go over to that area at the very least, because there's not really a reason for anybody to be down here right now anyway. Sure. Perfect. And you know that the meeting is takes place a deck lower in the cargo deck. Okay. Well, then that's where we're going. Okay. A lot of the debris has been swept aside and sorted into piles of timbers that they could potentially reuse, Scriv and other crew members. And a lot of the deck and cabin hands have been helping see what kind of cargo and supplies they can salvage from the ruins, basically. All of that's kind of tucked off to the side. Um, You do see, like, the splintered remains of the walls that was Yuri's shop. And again, the side of the ship is just open to space. But there's nobody down here right now. All right, well... Say what you need to say, I guess. Uh, Ravnus? Oh, God. Uh, Ravnus goes, there's a meeting tonight, and we think it might go poorly, and we think that you might try to be a part in it going poorly, and I guess we think that that would be a bad idea for you. Marco, you really letting Ravnus do your talking for you? I don't know how to respond in this situation. <laughs> I was a grad student a couple of months ago, and now I'm dealing with a mutiny. Hmm. <laughs> you just made Ravnus say more words in a row than she ever has. <laughs> Marco is clearly flustered right now and is just like, yes, because she's probably more equipped to deal with mutinies than me. And he just said the word mutiny twice really loud. He sure did. <laughs> Oh, that's also is, is going to grab him very roughly and just clamp a hand over his mouth. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say, uh, well, no, 
you're not dealing with a mutiny right now, Marco. What you're dealing with is a bunch of pissed off people on a boat. And I would say that Ravnus, no offense to you, Ravnus, is probably less equipped to deal with emotions than she is with people fighting each other, right? We're not to that stage yet. You understand me? Now, you two could go to this meeting, and you could get a little information, and you could hear what people have to say, or you could just continue, I don't know, whatever it is you're doing. Who sent you here, by the way? Nobody. Nobody sent us here. I mean... Well, how do you know about the meeting? Points to Ravnus. <laughs> oh, come on now, Marco! <laughs> Ravnus, then? Who sent you? Some of the other gunners mentioned it, and they think also that it is a bad idea. And I think that we're missing the important piece of information that Marco told me earlier, which is that Melinda pulled a knife on Val. She did what now? Melinda pulled a knife on Val. Do you remember when the hob... No, you weren't on the fucking ship. Okay. You think about it, and you don't know where Luckbeak was during that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why he stops. I was like, do you remember on the... Where the fuck were you? (laughs) I was was helping out in my own little way. All right, hold on. Just Marco is just <sighs> taking a deep breath. Whenever the 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 ship tr- latched onto us, and there was people coming on board, there was fighting going on, and this hobgoblin and the little friend hops on the boat and says, "Whoever kills Val, everybody else can go home fine." And there was a there was a standoff. Well, I look up to Val and I see that Melinda has pulled a knife and is about ready to. Uh, do the deed, shall we say. Mm. And then someone's got the fight going again and Melinda backed off mm. when the opportunity was no longer there. I see. It was there. It was there. Melinda had her knife out. She was ready. Mm-hmm. So that concerns me. Why? Because I don't want Val to die. Sure. Did you want Yuri to die? I didn't want Yuri to die either. Uh-huh. All right, go ahead. However, she was about to stab Val in the back. Mm. Taking up in this offer. So that takes this conversation we're having here about a little chat down the boat into a different direction if Melinda's the one leading the charge. Who else saw that knife that you saw? To my knowledge, it was just me. Hmm. So, and I don't mean to be insensitive, my friend, but this sounds like a Marco problem, right? I mean, we're just a group of people getting together to discuss what we have to discuss. Now, I'm going to pretend like you didn't say that to me because if I heard you say that to me then that makes me culpable for whatever happens next you understand i'm yes i'm i'm aware i'm aware so marco while i respect what you're saying i would prefer to not be differential even if i don't go to support the people down there i'm gonna go to listen to the people down there because i'm curious about what they have to say and i'm gonna tell them nothing but the truth and that truth is gonna include that both Val is going to come with us on this next trip and fight side by side with us as her crewmates. And that Val would not make a different decision if she had the choice. And that Yuri would still be dead no matter what she knew and what she decided to do. And I'm going to let these people with lives and autonomy of their own make their own decisions about what to do with that information. You understand me? Generally speaking, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, am I doing anything wrong? Not to my knowledge. All right. Well, then, you want to come to this meeting with me? Well, I look over to Ravnus, too, and it's like, well, I think the general idea is that we're going to the meeting, yes. All right. That's good. Well, you go and you listen, because you know what? A better informed person is never a worse person. All right, then let's go and see what happens. All right. Ravnus doesn't say anything. (laughs) Does she follow? Yeah, yeah, she follows. Okay. So you guys head back towards the crew quarters and you head to what Val called the baffle hatch, which is the hatch that goes from this deck to the cargo deck where the gravity switches. So you clamber your way through there. So you get down here and you see the the bottom of the Blackfin, the Remora ship above you with the ladder hanging there. But you walk past that towards the front of the ship and you see that there's a small group of people already gathered sitting on a few barrels and crates that are down here. This deck is mostly intact. It seems that the Draugr mostly tore through the level above you, or below you now, technically. But you see standing around Melinda, her brother Meryl, Odyssey, the tiefling. You see Lillian Everly, which you haven't interacted with her a whole lot. She's a younger human woman. Fairly pretty. She's a rigger. And you see Elwyn, who is also a gunner. He's a half-elf, and he has his bow strung across his back. And you see Kale sitting there. And 
in addition to that, you see kind of has his back to you and he turns the large, wide shouldered frame of Ormond Seabrook, who is one of the gunners. He's he's one of the older gunners, human, grizzled looking, graying hair, a scruffy like five o'clock shadow. But he has like a curled gray handlebar mustache. And he is despite his age in his early 60s, he's still quite ripped. Ravnus, you would know as a gunner that Ormond has never really been one for words. He usually is very down to business whenever you've worked with him and alongside him. But he seems to be standing kind of towards the middle of this grouping, and you get the impression that he might be the ringleader, so to speak. Okay. But anyway, you approach and you see Ormond turn, and he's, like I said, a, a bigger guy. He's probably like six one, broad-shouldered, balding with his handlebar mustache, and he goes, Oh, um... There's more here, I guess. Uh, well, thanks for coming. Uh, figured we can have a, a nice civil conversation about current events. Sure. Are we here to listen? Marco stays quiet. And he kind of looks around. He goes, well, I wasn't really expecting any more than this, so I guess I'll get on with it. Um, so if you know me, you know that uh, I'm kind of wanting to do things by the book. And I have great, great respect for this crew, great respect for this ship, and most importantly, great respect for Val. But I understand that people on board are little, uh, um, you can tell he's, he's uncomfortable, like being the center of attention and uncomfortable kind of public speaking, basically. And, uh, people are upset, but there's, there's a way to go about doing this. Um, so I propose that we draft a letter outlying our concerns and then, um, then Everybody can sign it, and then we're on a even playing field, all on the same page. When we, you know, talk to Val, then she understands that, you know, we maybe want to see things a, at least a little bit different. Um, so, yeah, that's basically the the, the, the long and short of it. He kind of trails off. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you can see that, like, Melinda and Meryl are kind of sitting, listening Meryl like had like a apprehensive look on his face, but he's nodding along like and he'll say, well, that that seems uh, quite, quite sensible. Um, I think I think Val's doing a good job, but m- maybe we could stand a reason to bring some of our concerns to her attention. Odyssey is going to roll his eyes. Can Ravenous uh, insight check people? Yes. Do I have to like choose which person or can she kind of like read the room? Yeah, you can just make a roll to read the room. Natural 20. Hell yeah. Damn. So, yeah, just doing like a quick scan. Ormond, you get the impression he's being genuine. Like, he's a, he's a tougher dude, but what he said is true. As far as you know, he's always been by the book, and he definitely just has the best intentions of the crew uh, and the ship on board, but he doesn't want to see anything bad happen to Val. Melinda's staying quiet. She looks like she might be a little nervous. Meryl looks innocent as fuck. Like, he's just sitting there nodding along. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Odyssey looks annoyed. Uh, Lillian is really hard to read. Um, she's just kind of sitting there politely listening. Elwyn is listening as well, but you can see he has a little bit of apprehension on his face. And Kale looks bored. Like, he might not have known this meeting was going on, and this is just where he hangs out. <laughs> <laughs> And they let him stay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kale. I live here. Yeah. <laughs> they may have started by saying, are you here for the meeting? And he probably just said, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Orman's going to kind of look around at you guys. So, um, so, uh, what do you say? Well, I, uh, I turn to look at Marco and I say, um, well, I think that expressing our, our concerns to Val in a, a measured way seems like the best way to go about things, right? I mean, I, th- I think, I think number one, what this meeting has is a PR problem. I mean, people upstairs are thinking mutiny. I mean, that's not what we're here to do, correct? Well, maybe people are thinking mutiny because people keep saying mutiny. And you turn and you see Robin is there. Um, having uh, come through the hatch uh, and approaching. Um, and in her wake is uh, Lester, uh, Vareth, who is the dragonborn uh, gunner, and Scuttlebutt. Good old Scuttlebutt. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's kind of like just cheerfully like following along in their wake. Does Scuttlebutt also just hang out here and just, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, people. <laughs> he might just follow people. He sees people going somewhere with intent and goes, oh, that looks fun. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you don't raven, know. He's a puppy. 
Robin Lester and Vareth look, if not downright pissed, at least stern. And Ormond is going to say to Robin, no, no, like I, I, I was saying to them just a second ago, if you if you want to join us, you're welcome. Um, but what I was saying to them is that this, this isn't this isn't that like that's I want to make that clear. He says, turning to everybody else now, like maybe maybe he's now worried that this is what people think. This is not that this is not I'm not I'm not going to say it. this is not that um, it's this is just a discussion. You know, if if we want to look Val, Val, I have a lot of respect for Val. And if we have concerns, I, I, I guarantee you she wants to, to hear them. And I just think it's a good idea if we just are all on the same page about that. Robin doesn't look entirely convinced by that. Um, but you can see that the tension in the room has definitely like risen. Uh, you see, Odyssey has now stood and is kind of just glaring across at the rest. Like he, for whatever reason, seems to have some sort of axe to grind. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm sitting back and, and watching where this goes. I mean, I don't feel like I have a part to take in whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. Marco is, I would say, probably wringing his hands very nervously. Like, what the fuck did I get in the middle of? Mm. Sort of <laughs> <laughs> Mistakes were made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Orman is standing there going like, look, it's not that. It's just, and then Odyssey is going to step up and he's going to go, look, do we want to really be subjected to the whims of a captain who's going to throw us into danger at the the mere opportunity at i honestly i don't even know what could have possibly been going through her minds but we were thrown into a battle we didn't bargain for many of us were injured and one of us died his red eyes kind of dart back and forth at that outburst uh Vareth, the dragonborn standing next to robin is going to step up and she's gonna say the Zenith Syndicate is a scourge on Crot space. I stand by Val any attempt that she would make against them. They deserve to be eradicated, and I think that the ones that we managed to kill yesterday were a service to the system. And Ormond is going to put up his hands like, now, 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 look, is, this isn't what we're here to discuss. If we have concerns, we can put them on the sheet and get signature. And But he's just totally lost control. Um, as at least those two are staring off, but it seems that the others are very quickly getting riled up around them. Ravnus prepares an action to uh, attack or defend, you know, if things start going awry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm truly trying to figure out where Luckbeak's going to fall on this. I mean, I, I, God, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's an opportunist. So uh, I think we're just going to see whichever side has more support. And then. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Marco kind of like stands up nervously. And it's just like, I first off, not really sure what's happening here. <laughs> but I can at least say that Ormond is not here trying to do a mutiny. We are just trying to figure it out. As a matter of fact, if they're here making complaints, I stand with Val. Uh, I, I, I really wish people would stop calling it that. But, but yes, yeah, uh, so your, uh, your, yeah, your sentiment is appreciated. I'm, try- I'm trying to say that it's not that. And I don't know because w- a moment ago I was reading a book and suddenly I'm sitting in this room. But <laughs> regardless, I was here in this thing and I was siding with Val. So this is not some giant conspiracy against her. It's, it's a meeting to talk this stuff out. Can we please talk? Odyssey is going to kind of sneer at you and you see like his pointed tiefling teeth and he goes ah yes of course the new ones are going to side with Val they're clearly her favorites no no hold on why why do you why do you think that we're her favorites the whole crew is talking about it you arrive and she invites you to her quarters and she sends you on special missions and actually Lillian is going to speak up for the first time probably ever you've heard her talk and she goes (laughs) And you got paid, and we didn't. She didn't get paid? What? You didn't get paid? No, we get paid when we go back to port. But Val seemed fit to pay the three of you shortly after we got back on the ship. Now, why would you think that would be? Ah, fuck. Hey, everyone. Nick Yurisiva here, your dungeon master and secret Santa. The secret part isn't that it's me, it's where I've hidden it in your house. Anyway, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Solstice, Yule, or whatever holiday you celebrate this season, even if it's just quality time with friends and family. And thank you for giving us the holiday gift of listening and supporting our show. We're a doe feather away from breaking a thousand listens. 
I wanted to give a special shout out to our friends and fellow actual play podcasts, The Mighty Ones and Evenfell both of which graciously offered to promote us at the top of an episode of their shows. Be sure to check them out if you haven't already at One's Mighty and at Evenfell Podcast on Twitter, respectively. As always, be sure to give us a like and follow on our social media realms at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. Be sure to let us know what your Voidfarer crew OTPs are and be sure to tag at Fiona L.F. Kelly in them because I'm sure she wants to know. Original music, as always, by our producer Tom Goldthwaite with additional music provided by purple-planet.com. This is the fourth episode of Chapter 2 of Tales of the Voidfarer and the last one of 2019. Chapter 2, Episode 5 will land on January 7th, 2020. See you next decade. Odyssey glares at you guys, and Robin is actually going to turn and look at you, Ravenous, and goes, Wait, you got paid? <laughs> you didn't? No. Hell, here, if you want to get paid, uh, like, luck be, I'm sorry, luck be, Jesus Christ. Uh, who am I? Marco pulls out this, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I know, that's what I mean, I was like, wait a minute, who am I again? Is going to pull up the stone of luck. If you want it, you can have it. I don't know what the fuck to do with this thing. You guys also received 50 gold each. Mm -hmm. Actually, you're not sure other people know about the magic items, but what Lillian is referring to is you guys getting paid 50 gold. Well, now, excuse me for maybe not comprehending the situation, but all right, I'll buy it. Why would she pay us and not you? She's planning on you not being around. She's, I don't know what. Well, you would remember that when Val gave it to you, that ends the item. She said straight up that this isn't normally how we do this, but you guys are new and consider it like a welcome aboard, like, gift. Yeah. So you got your money in advance and she gave you a magic gun. Right, but I'm, I'm still not sure what they're implying. Are they implying that they're not going to get paid? You would know that the situation right now is that the, most of the ship's treasure just got blown out into space. Mm. And we were paid after that or before that? Before You that? were paid before that. Yeah. And they didn't get. Yeah. They didn't get. Paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hold, hold, hold on. Now, maybe we all would have gotten paid had Val not made the decision to engage. That's true because I mean we lost a lot of our liquid assets. Uh, but I mean that's not that's not our cross to bear, is it? I mean we weren't culpable. How does that make us her favorites? We she just wanted to keep us on board. Look, we we've been here a long time. We know favorites when we see favorites. Mm -hmm. Who recruited all of you? Meryl is going to speak up, like, nervous. Like, you know, he's not liking, like, this tension rising either. And he goes, well, well, um, well, we were recruited by usually one of the other crew or another. Um, the, the ship sends out in different people to, to recruit. Occasionally we put up, uh, uh, you know, calls for hire in, in, in port in various locales. And we get new crew that way. Many of us came on board that way. Um, but yeah. Uh, and a few others sort of nod. Hmm. Look, look, this is all getting out of hand. If you don't want to do the petition, we don't have to do the petition. But uh, this is this is getting awfully tense, and I um I I won't I won't have for it. Uh, and he's he's still no one's paying attention to poor Ormond. Yeah. Oh, sweet Ormond. <laughs> are the are Odyssey and and Robin getting like more heated? Is a fight breaking out? I mean, what's happening? Is everybody turning on us? <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they're not happy with you, but yeah. So the tension between Odyssey and Robin, uh, well, it was actually Odyssey and Varith, because uh, Robin seemed to be, her main goal is still to de-escalate, but she just came in thinking this was something it wasn't. Oh. But um, yeah, Robin came in thinking this was going to be need to be something that needs to be de-escalated, and then, then Varith accidentally. I see. I thought I, or, Robin you was know, on Odyssey's side for some reason. No, okay. Robin. Robin is is on Proval side, but yeah, people are like kind of focus their attention on you for a moment. But as that like doesn't really go too much further, Odyssey and Vareth kind of go back to each other. Odyssey's just gonna say, "Look, it's only a matter of time before Val gets another one of us killed. Then what are we going to do? Are we just going to sit idle by then?" Um, and he's gonna turn and go, "Melinda, what if it was your brother Merrill?" Uh, and Melinda looks nervous and kind of just shrugs and like nods. You can see that she doesn't want, she's trying to stay out of the middle of this as well. And Varith is going to say, Val is the captain of this ship. We do as she commands. She struck a blow against the Zenith Syndicate. And so long as she continues to do that, I will follow her. Odyssey and Varith, they're continuing to psych each other up and the others are kind of 
not quite sure how to handle the tension as well. The situation has like quickly exceeded anyone's expectations in terms of what was actually going to happen here. You actually see Kale look super nervous and start kind of like inching away like he's going to try and just leave. Yeah, Marco's kind of like feeling that sentiment right now, but uh, I don't think he can do that. Uh, Robin is going to speak up as well now, just realizing the situation has gotten out of hand and going to try now and help Ormond uh, kind of settle stuff down. And she's going to tell now. Now, if we keep this up, we're going to get ourselves all jettied into space. I don't think any of us want that. Yeah, what she said. Can, can we chalk this up? Can we chalk this up into a misunderstanding? No one's going to die tomorrow. We'll get the ship fixed up. We'll be off to the next score and we'll be back in the air anchorage before we know it. What, what, now, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think you're negating their feelings, right? I mean, two days ago, nobody thought anybody would be dead tomorrow. But guess what? We saw a situation and we ran for it. So so what you're doing there is, is you're saying you put your trust in Val when, when she's shown that she is kind of untrustworthy in this situation, right? Now, I don't mean to fall on one side or the other, but I definitely think that there are valid concerns there. Luckbeak, you're not helping right now. What? Odyssey is going to say, right, what Luckbeak said. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Hold on, let's, can we at least bring this back down just, just a little bit? Come on, we're, we're not here to kill each other, are we? He's hoping that everyone's on board with that. <laughs> Come on, we can be civilized. I mean, here's here's the here's the uh, the brass tacks of the situation, right? Let's just say, let's run a couple hypotheticals in our head. You mutiny route tonight, right? We get oh, I don't know, six, seven people together, and they overthrow her. Uh, uh, Accepted, of course, that we can get through the six, seven people that are clearly no one's talking about a mutiny. Now, are you gonna listen to my hypothetical, or are you gonna interrupt me here? Because what I'm saying is that a mutiny isn't even probable or possible. Because if we mutiny, there's going to be everybody else in the ship who doesn't think that a mutiny is worth it. And we're just going to end up fighting each other, right? So why can't we just treat this like adults, present a list of concerns to Val, and then if she does not address them, well, then we take it to the next step. And you know what? I think we should not mutiny but unionize what we need are fair wages for everybody on this ship we need health care we need it today because we saw what happened to yuri we need uh you know paid paternity leave and, and time off that we accumulate kind of whisper to uh to Luckbeak, being like i think what you're talking about is life insurance oh that's not bad meryl's gonna speak up and go actually a uh, 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 dental wouldn't be too bad dental now, who, who do you think is going to pay for Riley's braces, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's what I'm going to do. Luckbeak, go ahead and make a persuasion check. Uh, and Marco, go ahead and make a persuasion check. 23. Nice. 22. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um, between the two, and Ormond is definitely helping and echoing those same sentiments. And uh, it seems that... Meryl and Melinda and Lillian definitely seem to be nodding that, yeah, that's the way to go. Uh, Odyssey now seeing that he is now outnumbered is going to back down and he's going to go, fine, we do it your way. Fine. I didn't want anything drastic. I just wanted people to take things seriously. All right. No hard feelings. He kind of says, addressing the room in general. Yeah. Robin's going to nod. Vareth is going to just kind of snort. Um. Just, there's a little bit of fire, but it dissipates, uh, but nod nonetheless. Well, all right, then. I I guess everything's good, huh? There isn't too many words, but people just seem to be turning and the crowd seems to be dissipating. Nobody specifically responds to you. Um, I, I, I kind of sidle up to uh, Ormond uh, after sure. after people kind of dissipate. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, hey, Ormond. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm with you 100% here. I, I think that's a good first step to take. But how are you planning on drafting up these things? I mean, you didn't really. Yeah, yeah I was just kind of going to figure it out as I, I went. I'm not really the the one to do that, but I figured it was what needed done, and I didn't know who else was going to do it. I mean, you, you said it way better than I could. Mm. He's older. He has experience. He's a great sailor. You can definitely tell he's not a leader by any measure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now that it's de-escalated, Marco is going to take the opportunity to do a kale and start to exit stage. <laughs> <laughs> Just inch away. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. So Orman says that to you, Luckbeak. Yeah. Well, all right. It's. I mean, it's great to be an idea man, but um, 
I mean, did you have somebody in 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 mind to execute what you're trying to do? I mean, were you going to pass a survey around or I mean, that seemed like a prime opportunity to at least get some some feelings from people. Oh, uh, he, he kind of looks up and looks around like just now realizing that. And he goes, oh, that would have been a really good idea. Um, oh, all right. Look, I, I, I mostly just wanted to get people talking. I didn't want it to escalate people shouting and and I just. You know. Right. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> I would volunteer myself, but being a, a neophyte on this ship, I feel like it would be a bad idea for me to start rocking the boat, as they say. Um, so, you know, why don't you get, you know, some respected, uh, you know, somebody who is here, even Scriv. I mean, Scriv is, is, you know, I think he would be able to view a situation like this with very, very neutral eyes. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think he might be the person for the job here, right? You know, I hadn't thought of that. I mean, Scriv is like sort of basically an officer. And I didn't think it would, thought it would maybe complicate things if he was here. But I mean. Officer, he's basically office supplies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he goes, huh, yeah, you have thought this through way more than I did. Okay. Well, you you, <laughs> you came up with a meet in time, and that's really commendable. <laughs> Not many people around here who could do that, Orman. <laughs> he nods. All right, well, uh, do you want me to talk to Scriv, or do you want to talk to him? Oh, w- would you mind? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, thanks, I, I, I appreciate mm. it. All right, I take my leave. Because at the crux of that, it was, does Nick want to talk to Nick? <laughs> yep. Or does Saker uh, want to talk to Nick? Absolutely. <laughs> That's why I offered. <laughs> so, anyway. Okay. So, yeah, everybody sort of dissipates. Um, they go about their business. Most of them, like, head back to the crew quarters. A few head up to the deck. A few to the mess um, just to finish out the rest of the evening before eventually settling in. Was there anything anybody wanted to do tonight before they go to bed? Nope. No. Okay. Cry a little. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> then bed. Of course, sweet baby. <laughs> oh, just like yeah. I think it's one of those where like your heart rate's just going fast. Your body doesn't know what to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, oh God. Oh God. Yesterday it was a epic ship battle, and now it's <laughs> tense <laughs> words. <laughs> tense words. Potential mutinies. Like I just. It's like I miss Hannah right now. <laughs> Man, what is Hannah doing? <laughs> Not mutiny. <laughs> Not mutiny. I mean, you don't know. So anyway, you guys go to bed. The next day arises, and uh, we're just going to fast forward through a little bit here. Um, but if there's anything in particular you wanted to do, you can interject at any time. Yeah, the next day arrives. Uh, Brohan gets back to work. And uh, towards the end of that day, you actually get word that um, the Voidfarer will actually surprisingly, be ready to make way in just another day. So you effectively turned what could have been a five, six day ordeal into a little more than two. Okay. Good. So um, there hasn't been... On the one in Nick, I think probably that night after people go to bed, I might want to confront Melinda. Oh, that night? Um, Yeah, probably that night, like by myself, like it was just like her and I kind of deal. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. If that works for you, if not, we can do that another time. No, yeah, that that works. That works for me fine. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, continue on with your thing. But probably at the end of the night. Oh, so this this day, not not the previous night. Yeah. Th- yeah. The, the, got the it. Next got it. Day, I misunderstood. Cried. I thought you were still on the night prior. Got well, it. So no, Marco um, cried that night. It's fine. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, Marco had a busy day. <laughs> he cried and then he mustered up the courage to go confront Melinda. Uh, <laughs> the amount of That's the courage what he to was con- crying about. <laughs> he got stabbed. <laughs> no, anyway. <laughs> mustered his courage throughout the day to be like, okay, I now got know it. what my situation is. Got it. So yeah, it's uh, it's announced by Val and Brohane that the ship will be repaired in another day, um, so they'll be able to make way. So it's not going to be as tight of a schedule. They can get to this vault, see what might lie there, and then make their way back near Anchorage with little concern of running low on supplies. Brohane doesn't mention why the sudden faster pace, but there are a few people on the crew talking about how someone might have a board of cinder shards stored away. Mm. But it's whispers, it's rumors, like, you know, they're saying, you know, someone has keeping so much cinder shard under their floorboards, you know, 
most people are regarding it as a joke more than anything mm. else. But anyway, was there anything in particular you want to do over the course of that day? I don't think I have anything, no. Yeah, Ravenous is just like a little bit more observant than usual, but nothing <laughs> like in particular. Sure. Okay. Night, quote unquote, arrives that evening. You know that it sounds like the ship will be able to make way uh, tomorrow afternoon. Um, so the crowd seems to be in high spirits now. Um, this, this seems to be good mood enough to kind of rejuvenate some hope, you know, that there's a chance for them to still make some money and get back home sooner more than later. But on this particular evening, you find, um, Melinda up on the forecastle, um, as she's finishing up her like evening shift, working the riggings and preparing for the voyage tomorrow. She's the only one up here at the moment, Marco. Hey, Melinda. He's down there, like looking up. Like, are you are you are you up there? No, I'm down here. Uh, and she, she's uh, look, standing on the deck in front of me. <laughs> looks up. Oh, um, sorry. Um, my bad. But uh, you have a, you have a minute, a, a spare second. Yeah, just got done with my chorn. Well, um, can we we're talking private if it's not too much trouble? She looks around, and there's literally no one else on this end of the deck. Yeah, it kind of like is like pulls like let's make sure that there's no wondering ears sort of deal. It's like. All right, I suppose. She seems apprehensive, but she'll follow you. Yeah, I mean, we're going to, like, at least go to a part of the deck where, like, uh, Marco can kind of control who's listening sort of deal yeah. the best he can. So it makes yeah. sure that, like, you know, someone doesn't wander by and is like, so you were going to stab Val. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, you you can do that. It's, it's pretty late in the evening, so for the most part, uh, there's not a whole lot of foot traffic, so you can kind of... At least set yourself up in a place where you can see if anybody does start coming your way. Uh, Melinda, so I'm. It's not a really easy way for me to uh to, to talk about this, but uh, you remember back whenever uh the, the syndicate stormed our ship, right? Yeah, hard to forget. Yeah, and you were standing behind Val when it happened, and the hobgoblin offered that ultimatum. She doesn't say anything. Listen, Melinda, I'm just gonna say it straightforward that I saw you at least contemplate the offer. And I don't know how to approach this more than anybody else. Um, I have certainly have not told Val, and at the moment I don't plan to, but I just wanted to, to I guess, give you an opportunity to defend yourself, at least due to why. Um, so you saw it. Uh, huh. I don't think anybody else did. Yeah, I'm usually... Usually pretty, pretty good at that sort of thing. Um, she says, well, things didn't look good. Uh, you were there. They had fucking Durgar that could grow fucking 10, 12 feet tall. Could squash me with their, just a single step. And I was just thinking for the crew. I didn't know what would happen if the fighting continued. I didn't want anyone to die. Um, and I was given an option and I found myself happened to be in a situation to maybe do something about it. I'm not proud of it. I don't dislike Val any, but oh. she, she, she looks away. Um, but if it, can I roll an insight just to, yeah, go ahead. If, if it could save the lives of the crew and save the life of my brother, he's not much of a fighter between you and me. Um, so that was a 13. She seems genuine. Okay. She this... seems, you know, ashamed, but um, her words ring true to you. Listen, Melinda, I'm, I mean, I got on this boat, what, a couple of weeks ago? I don't have some blind loyalty to Val that I will die on a hill for her. I, I get where you're coming from, and I don't fault you for it. I appreciate that, and I appreciate you not telling Val, because... <laughs> Like I said, it's not—it's nothing against her, but I don't think she would um, be as understanding. Yeah. Understandably. I'm. Uh, if I don't know, I just—I mean, I want my journey to be as you know, I guess relaxing as it possibly can be on a pirate ship. So the idea of mutiny terrifies me. So. Uh, look! 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 I—I I wasn't interested in mutiny. I—I I didn't know. say that you were. No, no, it's just, I, sorry, I don't know how to handle these things. What happened yesterday, uh, it, it got out of hand. Um, I, I think that's all there is to say about it. Yeah, that's, um, but, <sighs> listen, um, 
either way, I'm willing to just forget about this. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's... Um, I guess I owe, owe you one. Um, I don't... Don't... don't she, she shrugs. Yeah, Marco shrugs too. It's like, I don't, <laughs> don't feel compelled, I guess. Um, either way, it's... So, uh, I need a bloody drink. Uh, that's fair. I guess, uh, good night to you. And she will start heading towards the mess. Good night to you too, uh, Melinda. I'm just going to sit here for a bit. <laughs> and Marco, Marco just spent so much time just sitting by himself in silence. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, and th- this seems like a good place as any to think about life. And sure. sits down. <laughs> but yeah, Marco's just going to sit there for a while and kind of like maybe read and then finally go to bed. Sure. All right. You guys go to bed. Uh, the next day arrives. Uh, work continues on the ship. And it's going to be able to make way on schedule later that afternoon, evening. Was there anything you guys want to do during the day? Um, Ravnus, Luckbeak, uh, can you mind if I talk to you all real quick? Yeah. All right. Oh, sorry. I mean, I don't know how to do these things. But uh, I, I had a conversation with Melinda last night. Um, and I don't think she's a threat to any of us. But I just wanted to share that with you because I know that I, down in the, you know, boat, not knowing what's going on, kind of spilled the beans on her for that one so uh she's she did it out of you know a a need to defend herself and her brother and she didn't go through with it and she doesn't plan to so um i said i'd be willing to let it go i'm hoping you all can too uh sure i don't know just to just to share it so that you know the the only four people know is the two of us and then then you know you two so just to make sure it doesn't spread that something bad might happen well, Marco, rest assured that I am not going to rat out an innocent person on this ship. You're good. I, I'm no, I'm just, I guess I wanted to, you know what? I'm just going to go and read a little bit now by myself. Goodbye, then. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagine over the course of these couple of days, Marco, you've been working on your Cretorian scripts, um, trying to catalog them and, you oh, know, totally. <laughs> organize the different characters and see if you can make heads or tails of them. You make some progress, but it's not enough to really start translating anything just yet. That's how that's how Marco gets to be calm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, this squiggly thing looks like that squiggly thing, and then this, and then is this an accent mark or is it part of a letter? Or did somebody just spasm on the page? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, hey, I I also do want to ask Scriv to maybe start to catalog uh, shit that he hears or talk to people specifically. Certainly, Luckby Humboldt, I can keep my ears out. <laughs> Thank you, Scrivnik. <laughs> do you, do you request every single word or uh, a paraphrase? No, just like you know, paraphrase, and, and you know, maybe just like the top three things that people don't you know think could use not even don't lack but maybe think could use some improvement on the ship i will do this wonderful thank you so much scriv it is my pleasure that evening the ship finally gets underway there's not much of a noticeable difference apart the ship since there was no frame of reference floating out in space other than the void and distant stars however later that evening For anyone who's out on the deck, you guys see approaching on the bow a planet, really for the first time since you got to Crotspapes, because Nadir Anchorage is not a planet by any measure, nor is any of the asteroids or comets or other small Earth bodies that you've interacted with. No, this is a a, a true and proper planet, a huge gas giant, a rust orange color with gold bands, and as you get closer and closer, you see that there's vibrant blue swirling storms across its surface, occasionally a flicker of lightning uh, throughout. As the Voidfarer crests beyond it, you see several of its moons, and one in particular as it comes over the horizon of this gas giant is this pinkish peach color, a thick atmosphere, and Val says, All right, we'll just need to stop here, resupply our air, and then we can make our way to the vault. The ship gets closer and closer, this pinkish, peach-colored disc in front of you growing larger and larger before the Voidfarer is plunged into a sea of clouds. Your ears pop slightly as the air envelope of the Voidfarer dissipates, and 
the atmosphere of the planet fills its space, the pressure shift being very, very noticeable. A warm breeze, humid, uh, in fact, compared to the rather sterile air of the Voidfarer and the Deer Anchorage and the other places that you've been. The dual suns of the system hitting the atmosphere and diffusing outward, causing this warm, soft light that is warm on your face as the Voidfarer is flying through the atmosphere of this planet. Val says... All right, we should have some fresh air, then we'll be able to make our way. Uh, And as she's saying that, there is a long, deep, rumbling moan coming somewhere off in the distance. And you look to see a Kindori whale breach through the clouds off into the distance off the starboard. And dip back down. You see uh, across its back is verdant moss and algae from nose to to tail flukes is as long if not slightly longer than the void fair and you see another one in the distance and you look off to the other side and there's another one that kind of comes up as these space whales are swimming through the clouds the crew sees this and gets excited running out onto the deck they begin shouting and like cheering and Val has this wide grin on her face well I think our luck is changing. ProjectDerailed.com Love some good whales. Space whales. Space whales.